well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad you've joined me on the program today. This is one of those days where (laughs) there's so much going on. Uh, I'm I'm a little worried that by the time you actually get a chance to see this, anything I say is going to be outdated. We've got uh, the House Oversight Committee holding a hearing on uh, gun manufacturers and their marketing uh, and basically, not even basically, uh, alleging that uh, gun manufacturers are willfully responsible for mass murders in this country. Meanwhile, uh, this afternoon, the House Rules Committee scheduled to take up H.R. 1808, which is the new, quote-unquote, assault weapons ban, as well as the uh, bill to repeal the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, which has already come up uh, during the uh, House Oversight Committee. Brady's representative arguing that uh, the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act needs to be undone by Congress in order to uh, sue gun manufacturers into oblivion. She didn't put it in those terms, but that is the the agenda. So uh, I I tell you what, we're going to talk about the House Oversight Committee hearing since that is underway. It started uh, Wednesday morning, so I've actually been able to watch that. And it is as bad, honestly, as you would have expected. So uh, Carolyn Maloney is the chairwoman of the House Oversight Committee. Uh, Interestingly enough, Jerry Nadler, uh, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, which approved the ban on so-called assaultments last week, Maloney and Nadler are actually competing for the same congressional seat in New York, thanks to redistricting. So they're both fighting for the nomination in New York 12. Primary is not until August 23rd. I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, both Nadler and Maloney are chairing these hearings on gun control acts, but we'll be seeing some uh, campaign ads cut from these uh, hearings, including, uh, I mean, you could, you could just see it uh, when Carolyn Maloney was uh, uh, giving her introductory remarks. And even when she asked the first couple of questions to Daniel's defense, Marty Daniels, uh, who was present uh, remotely for the hearing, and uh, Christopher Colloy of Ruger, uh, who was also present remotely for the hearing. Uh, the CEO of Smith & Wesson, uh, Mark Smith, was uh, invited as well. He did not uh, appear at the hearing today, and Carolyn Maloney made a point of saying that uh, she'd be issuing a congressional subpoena uh, to Smith & Wesson and, quote, other top companies uh, looking for documents uh, related to the uh, sale and the uh, marketing of firearms. Uh, but uh, the, the first question that Maloney had to Marty Daniels of Daniels Defense uh, was, do you agree that the murders in Uvalde, Texas was a tragedy? And do you feel any personal responsibility? Yeah. Um, she then asked a question, uh, Daniels, by the way, uh, said that, of course, he was deeply disturbed by these uh, horrific acts committed by these uh, individual peoples. But no, he did not uh, uh, say that he felt personally responsible. So then Maloney uh, turns to uh, uh, Christopher Colloy of Ruger, although she got confused. She asked the question of Christopher Colloy, and then at the end of it, she asked Marty Daniels to respond. But the question itself was... Um, and I'm paraphrasing just slightly here. This is off of my notes. How many more American children need to die before your company will stop selling assault weapons to civilians and children 
Uh, the weapon of choice is that in most mass murders in this country. And I, I thought that question was so indicative of the show trial aspect of today's hearing. So first of all, uh, under federal law, you have to be 18, the age of adulthood, in order to purchase a long gun. You have to be 21 under federal law in order to purchase a handgun at retail. So nobody is selling guns to children unless they're breaking the law, right? Because nobody under the age of 18 can purchase a firearm. As for AR-15s being the, quote, weapon of choice in most mass murders, that's not the case. According to the FBI's most recent report on active shooters in 2021, handguns were the dominant weapon of choice for mass murderers. Uh, as uh, I think it was Marty Daniels said in his opening statement, uh, modern sporting rifles, you know, the, the scary quote-unquote assaultments that uh, Democrats are trying to ban, were used in just 4% of all homicides in 2019. So if we're going to try to ban our way to safety, which is what Carolyn Maloney and the other Democrats on the House Oversight Committee want, <clears throat> my question is, why are you not calling for a ban on handguns? I mean, it can't be that the Supreme Court ruled in Heller that those bans are unconstitutional because Democrats have shown over the past few weeks they don't care what the Supreme Court says. So why are they not demanding a ban on handguns? Why are they not uh, 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 calling to amend the Constitution if necessary. Why are they focusing on a firearm that is owned by millions of Americans? The National Shooting Sports Foundation estimates 24.5 million modern sporting rifles in civilian hands. That's more AR-15-style rifles than there are Ford F-150 pickup trucks in the United States. These are guns that are in common use. And yet, according to the FBI, fists, feet, knives, hammers, all used more frequently in homicides than any rifle of any kind in the United States. Again, this is not about public safety. This is not about saving lives. As Carolyn Maloney made clear, in her opening statement and her first few questions, this is about saving Democratic seats in Congress. And Carolyn Maloney is preening for the cameras, hoping again that she's going to rally progressives in New York 12 to support her over Jerry Nadler, who's going to be rallying progressives in New York 12 with his talk about banning so-called assault weapons. And you know what? One of those two is going to win. New York 12 is a deeply democratic seat. Either Nadler or Maloney is going back to Congress. But I think across the country, Democrats who are embracing this gun ban agenda, who are saying that the way to reduce violent crime is to criminalize the exercise of a constitutionally protected right, are, are not going to find themselves in an enviable position as we get uh, closer to Election Day. Uh, by the way, Maloney also kept interrupting uh, Marty Daniels and uh, Christopher Colloy. She would ask these questions, these again, these, these loaded questions, right? When did you stop beating your wife? 
How many more children have to die before you will stop selling these products? And then she wouldn't let him answer. Uh, Marty Daniels got so far as to say, look, I think that these types of murders are local problems that have to be solved locally, and Maloney stopped him. She then turned to Christopher Colloy and asked basically the, the same question. Are, are there any number of murders, she said, that would make you stop selling these guns to civilians, these weapons of war? And Christopher Colloy got so far as to say, well, look, we don't consider these rifles to be weapons of war. And he said, you ask what the industry has done and what the industry can do. And he's brought up Sutherland Springs, the fact that the killer in Sutherland Springs should have failed a NICS check. He didn't even get to the point of the industry working to improve NICS before Maloney shut him down again. Interrupted him, wouldn't let him finish his statement. She got her soundbite in. So she didn't want to hear what Christopher Colloy or Marty Daniels actually had to say. Her opinion and the narrative that we're seeing from Democrats right now is that the gun industry won't stop selling these guns because they're making lots of money. House Oversight Committee uh, released a, uh, they had a press release uh, that they put out just before the uh, hearing began. Committee reveals major gun companies collected more than $1 billion in revenue from military-style assault weapons. Yeah, um, over 10 years, the committee found that uh, five major gun manufacturers, including Daniels Defense, Smith & Wesson, and Ruger, combined had sales of over $1 billion, again, over a 10-year period, right, for sales of modern sporting rifles. Now, again, these products are legal to own. I believe they're protected under the Constitution. But the narrative from Maloney and these other anti-gun Democrats is that not only should these guns not be sold, even if it's not illegal to, to sell them, somehow the manufacturers just should not sell them at all on their own volition. But that in making a profit actually making money because they are selling a, a product that, again, millions of Americans, law-abiding gun owners, have bought, that somehow that fact alone is evidence of wrongdoing on the part of the manufacturers. Uh, we also saw Ryan uh, Busey from Giffords, a former Kimber executive, uh, proclaim that AR-15s are like, uh, they're, the they're, the, they're the vehicular equivalent of a Formula One race car. Right, Still have a steering wheel, still have brakes, but you wouldn't want to take them out on the street. And the reason that he said that is because they're more accurate, because they're easier to use. Uh, again, things that somebody who owns a firearm for self-defense or for hunting or for recreational shooting or for competitive shooting might also find very valuable. Right? I also, I got to say, too, I found it very, very odd that there is this focus on, uh, you know, AR-15s and how, well, you know, originally they were designed for the military and then they were adapted for civilian use. And by God, that means they're weapons of war. At the same time, you can purchase an M1 Garand that was actually issued to the military through the Civilian Marksmanship Program, which is run in conjunction with the U.S. government. I, I, I don't get this. You know, uh, the development of firearms technology um, has often had both military and civilian applications. 
But it wasn't until the AR-15. In fact, it wasn't even really until like 30 years after the AR-15 was created that all of a sudden that particular style of firearm became a quote-unquote battlefield weapon of war, right? Repeating rifles, which were used in the American Civil War, sold to civilians, no problem whatsoever. Uh, as I mentioned, the M1 Garand, you can still pick up. Meh, that, that, that's not a quote-unquote assault weapon. No. But again, the most commonly sold rifle in America today, according to these Democrats, should be off-limits to civilians, and they are demonizing the gun makers and anyone who owns them. So we will have more on the House Oversight hearing as well as the House Rules Committee, what they do with the gun ban bill and the bill to repeal the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act at BarryAndArms.com throughout the day. I would encourage you to check it out. But I wanted to at least talk about this hearing because, again, just in the first hour, it was clear this was not about getting answers from the industry. This was about scapegoating gun companies for the actions of twisted and evil individuals, with the net result being that those evil and twisted individuals would still be free to plot and plan and carry out their attacks, but you and I and every other law-abiding gun owner out there, yeah, would be turned into criminals if we, uh, you know, even thought so much as to uh, sell or, or or even loan one of our AR-style rifles to a friend or to a neighbor. And of course, ultimately, the goal is, is not this bill. It's not this gun ban bill, which grandfathers in existing owners. The real goal is to eradicate our ability to own commonly owned firearms, to eradicate our right to keep and bear arms. All right, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. Case out of uh, Pennsylvania. This is a, I, you know, and, and again, all of the focus on legal gun owners, on law-abiding gun owners. And, oh, you know, if we just pass these laws that criminalize this and that and the other thing, oh, oh we're going to be so much better off. Meanwhile, what's actually happening in our criminal justice system? Probation ordered in case that started with firearm and cocaine. Yeah. This is a case out of Pennsylvania. 23-year-old guy from California uh, was pulled over for a traffic stop uh, named Brandon Martins. He apparently failed to move over to the far lane while he was uh, passing these uh, stopped cruisers, so the deputies pulled him over. One of the uh, county drug dogs in uh, York County, PA, excuse me, um, alerted to the presence of narcotics. Search of a Martin's person resulted in the discovery of a bag of cocaine. Uh, but in the vehicle, uh, deputies found approximately 30 pounds of marijuana in a suitcase. That's, 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 that's more than just your personal stash to smoke. 30 pounds. Most of the marijuana, according to court documents, vacuum sealed in uh, parcels weighing about a pound each. They say they also found about uh, 12 plastic baggies with cocaine residue. Uh, between the uh, in the uh, driver's uh, compartment of the uh, car, deputies also found a 40 caliber handgun, uh, 15 rounds in the magazine. Uh, Martins does not possess a concealed carry license in any state. Made no mention of the gun prior to it being located. They also found a duffel bag containing a box of ammunition, 76 unused sandwich style plastic baggies, 70, uh, 67 unused Ziploc bags. 
two digital scales with a, a white powdery residue scattered across the top of them, which field tested positive for cocaine. So Martins was charged with possession of a firearm while committed a felony, possession of a firearm during the commission of a drug violation, possession of a controlled substance, having no drug tax stamp, and carrying a concealed weapon. All of those, except for the concealed weapon charge, were felony offenses. He was facing up to 50 years in prison. And then he took a plea deal. He pleaded no contest to possession of a firearm while committed a felony in state court. All of the other charges were dismissed. And just a couple of days ago, he learned that he won't be doing 50 years in prison. He won't be doing five years in prison. In fact, he won't be doing a day in prison. Because Martins, who's found with 30 pounds of marijuana and uh, you know, a little bit of cocaine, more cocaine residue, wad of cash, and a gun, kind of indicative of drug trafficking, if you ask me, was sentenced to three years of probation. Yup, that's it. Three years probation. Uh, the uh, York News Times says that uh, he was also sentenced to two future stints in jail, but those can be waived if he is found to be in compliance with the terms of his probation. So there you go. Meanwhile, in Pennsylvania, you've got Democrats who are calling for all kinds of new gun control measures, again, aimed at legal gun owners. But you're caught with a gun and 30 pounds of pot and a little bit of coke in your car. Oh, that's no reason to put you behind bars. It's not like you own an AR-15 or anything. Today's uh, armed citizen story from uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, out in the uh, uh, eastern part of the state where uh, police say a homeowner was able to shoot an intruder trying to kick his way in to the uh, family home. This happened uh, about 5 o'clock Monday uh, just outside of Williamsburg, Virginia. Beautiful part of the state. But uh, even in, you know, beautiful places, scary things can happen. Uh, it's a, a neighborhood of single-family homes, about 55 miles southeast of Richmond. Deputies called to the home for a reported breaking and entering. And when they showed up, they found a man who had been shot by the homeowner. The uh, sheriff's office in uh, York, Pocosin County, said the subject had jumped a gate and tried to forcibly enter the home. Homeowner and his family had been outside on their deck when the subject approached. The family then retreated from the deck into their home and locked the door. That's when the subject started kicking the door to forcibly enter the residence. Investigators say the uh, suspect appeared in the family's yard after emerging, quote, out of the woods behind the home, and he made multiple attempts to get inside. Um, police say they're asking uh, folks in the neighborhood to look for uh, security cameras for anything that looks out of place. Check the uh, the footage there. Uh, at this point, though, it looks like the homeowner was acting in defense of himself and his family. We'll uh, let you know any more details if and when they become available. Finally today, our good deed of the day. Check out this headline. A 13-year-old not only saving his own family's home, but uh, helping to stop a fire from spreading to uh, nearby homes. This was in uh, Bout Springs, Texas. 13-year-old Alan Medrano said he saw the flames as soon as he got home. Uh, and the first thing he did was to grab a garden hose. He said, I didn't want any of our houses to burn down because I didn't want to be homeless, basically. I didn't want to have no home. So the fence between his house and the neighbor's house was on fire Monday afternoon. He starts hosing down the fence. He's hosing down the yard. He knew that his next door neighbors were out of town. So he was spraying his neighbor's yard too. Uh, Joe Estrada, who is a family member of the uh, neighbors, uh, uh, thanked the uh, 13-year-old 
uh, for saving the family's home, which was not damaged. He said, my wife said when she got here, the neighbor's kids were actually putting the fire out. So they were actually able to put it out before it got to the house. Um, Medrano says he does not deserve all of the credit for stopping the uh, fire from getting any worse. He says, I couldn't have done it without my neighbor. Uh, my neighbor, some neighbor that was over there, a tall, skinny man who said he'd never seen before in his yard, helping him fight the fire. He said, "What well, I feel like he was an angel because when we got here, he was already here. We just did it together when we put out the fire. Might have been an arsonist, too, if you didn't recognize him. But I, let's go with Angel. That's probably a, that's a nicer suggestion, isn't it? Uh, the man left too quickly before Madrano could get his name. He said, if it weren't for him, my house could have been on fire, and I could have been homeless right now. The uh, Bout Springs fire damaged 26 homes in total, destroying nine of them. Uh, but again, thanks to the uh, fast action of this 13-year-old, uh, he and his neighbors were spared the uh, worst of the damage. Now, that has got to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. Again, I would encourage you to check out the website throughout the day when we will have uh, more on the latest gun control political theater out of the House of Representatives and uh, the attempts by Democrats to demonize all of those who exercise your right to keep and bear arms. Uh, if you like what you see at BearingArms.com, I'd also encourage you to become a VIP subscriber. You will be supporting the independent pro-Second Amendment reporting that we do at the website and right here on the podcast. And as our way of saying thanks, we're going to give you exclusive content, new stories and analysis you won't get anywhere else because your support does matter and it really does make a difference. So thank you in advance. Just check out BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. We'll be back tomorrow. Scheduled to talk with Jim Wallace of the Gun Owners Action League about the latest anti-gun machinations in Massachusetts. Until then, be well. Be safe and be free.